You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. All right. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Uncensored. We have Derek Tolls, Dan Hood, Braden Ware. This is a, that's a new thing we do when I'm hosting. I always like to let everybody know who they're who they're listening to. I think, yeah, Jacob people, does people that. Like, oh, yeah. Does he? Yeah. He does it at the end. Jacob does that. I don't know. I'm, I better, I'm like, better than Jacob. I like just jumping in the conversation. And just okay. letting the listener figure out who all's here. <laughs> yeah, we're a little short. We usually have four. This time yeah. we have three. Yeah, at least it's the three good ones. Yeah, three good ones. Yeah. Everyone else is on vacation. Yeah. Some of us have to work. Somebody's got to keep the place for <laughs> <laughs> Weren't you in Florida like a week ago? <laughs> no. That was like a month and a half ago. No, that two months a month ago. and a half. That it, wasn't two months It was months the beginning ago. of June. Oh, you were in Tennessee. He was, however, in Tennessee. I was in Tennessee for, for a bears. day after I was in North Carolina with you all. I guess okay? that's, so, that's work-adjacent. Work yeah, but yeah. I was in Tennessee scouting for some bears and deer, which... I think is what Braden mostly wants to talk about. Today. Oh, I'll talk about whatever. I want to oh, hear yeah. about your bear first. Yeah, I kind of want to hear about the bear too. Okay, well, um, so we were in North Carolina, as you all know. We was. Breaking news to you guys. Um, and then after we got some beer and tacos, you all went your way, and I went mine, and headed west, and got in to Tennessee that evening. Uh, ended up going out actually on the lake that night with my dad and some of their friends and stuff like that. And it was relaxing but i was kind of regarding it as well because i really just wanted some sleep yeah after, I mean, after the, the night we had the <laughs> night we had in north carolina <laughs> in that tent um that was yeah anyways um One for the books yeah did you all talk about that we did okay. yeah i wasn't here so yeah. so hopefully that was listeners. most most of that uncensored was the camping trip yeah and very little about the fishing yeah yeah, yeah. so went out on the lake that night but then Slept on my dad's recliner in the basement that night because uh, they had some other family friends over that were in the guest bedroom. So I kind of you got the recliner. I got the after recliner. A night in the woods. It was still better. Night. It was yeah. still better than that night in the woods. But um, then woke up super super early and met up with good old Caleb. The old Appalachian assassin. Appalachian assassin. Met up with him. And it was funny because, like, the whole night that I was out on the lake with my dad and all their friends, I'm just, like, sitting here pouring into Onyx Maps. Everyone's, like, talking about current events and life and stuff like that. And I'm just off in the corner looking at Onyx, like, this looks good. This looks Scanning good. We could go maps. here. Well, if we go here, we can go there. Um, so, and we, Caleb and me kind of had this idea that we were going to, essentially, we were joking about it, calling it a float. We were going to park one vehicle on one end of the road in the WMA and then one vehicle kind of at the other end, and then we were just going to scout everything in oh, between and then pick smart. up the one vehicle and drive back out. Yeah, that's um, a good idea. Spoiler alert, 
like most float trips go, we only made it about halfway. Oh, um, no. Dude, there's just so much, and this WMA is huge. But so met up with Caleb that morning. We got out there right at first light, not sunrise. We got out there at first light because the thought process was we're going to take at least that half hour driving and getting a vehicle dropped off and then getting back, doing all that. And then so that's what happened. Uh, we tore off into the woods and started looking. We found... Um, we, we found quite a bit of deer sign, which we expected. Um, I mean, there's just a lot more deer out there than there are bear. Um, found some really good spots as far as deer is concerned. We found some scrapes, rubs, stuff like that. Um, found areas that looked really good just based off of topography, like the, just a deer has to die in these areas, kind of stuff like that. Um, really heavily used game trails. There's a lot of old logging roads that are running through this property, and yeah. so we're using the Onyx tool where you can track your hike, basically, mm-hmm. to start marking all these roads. Yeah. Because, um, I mean, that's detrimental. That's really big info for a lot of reasons. One, it's just it can speed up your time getting in and out of where you're hunting, but for then sure. also, like, okay, we got an animal down, hopefully, in the future. Yeah. Get like, to the road. What's the quickest way to get out of here? Right. And... um so we marked a lot of these old logging roads. Um, trying to think if we really saw anything that was like real noteworthy. Was there any scat? Uh, so we found deer scat quite a bit. Um, we found some stuff that we thought might could be bear. Um, that's so you want to talk about an animal whose scat is heavily influenced by its diet. Like deer, deer scat pretty much always looks like deer right. scat, no matter what they're eating. Can bear we say scat poop instead of scat. This is a professional podcast. <laughs> Dookie. <laughs> um, bear poop. There we go. Um, can be very heavily uh, influenced by its diet. So there are times where you see bear poop and you're like, oh, yeah, there's no doubt. Um, and I, I know I've talked about this before, but like my bear hunt in Colorado, um, that was coming very early fall. The bears were still low, eating a very heavy, like, berry diet, soft mass, stuff like that. You found bear poop out there. Like, there's no doubt. Like, it's just full of berries. Looked like someone took, like, a blueberry lara bar and just mushed it up. Mm-hmm. And then fast forward to this last winter when me and Brad were in Virginia hunting bear. Um, those bear were on hard mass eating a lot of acorns, and that poop looked like someone took a jar of chunky peanut butter and laid it out oh gross yeah um so we found scat in these areas and we're like i said i'm we're not 100 percent sure it was bear very well could have also been like raccoon or possum Hmm. um and we were thinking if it is a bear it's probably a smaller bear but we found where these bears were digging up yellow jackets nests that were in the ground huh and so the scat had the first time we found a, a pile of it i'm looking at it and i'm like is that it looks like seeds. Like, Can I ask a dumb question? Of course. Do yellow jackets have honeycomb like bees do? So like honeybees? The, I was going to take a similar route after The nest question. that they were pulling out of the ground, we saw like what looked like honeycombs. Um, I'm so, not going to sit here and say for fact that they do and that's what was going on, but at least just my very... I'm going to Google that. I, I was thinking the they might be doing it for the larvae. That's what we figured too. and that's, okay. So that's when we first... F- found scat we're looking at it and i'm looking at it and i said is that seed because it looks like seed was in the scat like mm-hmm. are these dudes like getting into bird feeders because that's a common thing yeah, well, yeah, yeah. little backstory the, the the wma that we're hunting there's a neighborhood that kind of touches a part of it and gotcha. 
and me and Jacob were talking about this the other day. We, I've been using a useful scouting tool that most people probably hadn't thought of, and that's Nextdoor app and Facebook because <laughs> these people that live in this neighborhood are posting on these pages like, hey, we had another bear in our backyard <laughs> last night, and they're tearing down people's uh, bird feeders. That's smart, man. Um, so also uh, more on that, they tend to be doing that in the kind of late spring. Okay. Um, or sorry, no, early spring is when they're going into people's yards and tearing up bird feeders. So we kind of figure that's when, you know, the, the, whatever food stores they've had for the winter have been exhausted and stuff hasn't really started fully growing right. yet in the spring. Kind of so that's when they're getting desperate and moving into the neighborhoods. Gotcha. And there's some big bears that people are posting on the next door. That's hilarious. Um, <laughs> and that was kind of one of our targets. Like our, our whole point was park here, come out here. We want to focus on this area because we know because of Nextdoor app and everything like that, the bears are in this area. Hilarious. Scout all the way to that area and then scout our way out. Yeah. Um, so anyways, I'm we're looking at the, the poop and I'm like, okay, is this like seed from bird feeders or something like that? And then we found some more and that's when Caleb was like, I'm almost certain that that's like carcasses, like yellow jacket larva carcasses. Hmm. And... Got to looking into it, and I'm like, yep, that's exactly what that is. Um, so, again, we're not 100% sure that was bear. Could have been raccoons. I imagine raccoons probably do the same thing, dig the nest out of the ground. But some of the nests we found were, like, very violently dug out of the ground. So you're saying it would be a good idea when you're actually doing your hunt to set up on top of a yellow jacket. No. <laughs> He's going to be scouting <laughs> That's what I'm hearing. <laughs> no, and because I'm going to – the best part of the story is it, we continued, found some other spots. I found a tiny little, like, spike shed. Mm. Um found a really cool tree that had been struck by lightning mm. and there was just like a straight line down from the top of the tree to the bottom with the bark just stripped off. Like just, it looked like someone came in and just cut like a sample straight down. From was the it tree. black? No, it wasn't. Okay, burned. dude. Okay. So mm-hmm. we saw the same thing yesterday. Me and Phil were looking at it. And we're like, what the heck is that? It lightning looks strike. Like, why isn't it black? Because it doesn't it necessarily heat. always mean that it burned. Like lightning yeah. doesn't always. Oh. And coming from like a fire department standpoint, like, it's weird. We will make houses that got hit by lightning during thunderstorms and there's no evidence short of like maybe some like structural damage where the lightning hit, but we'll find nothing burned or anything like that. And then other times we make houses that fully caught on fire because of lightning strikes. I don't know what What? it is. I'm sure some scientist out there knows the reasoning why. I think it's just if there's a path to the ground, if there's not resistance, it doesn't generate heat. So I like thought it came from the ground. Lightning? I mean, it do, it does technically. It, well, it originates I, from the ground. Right? Yeah, you know? yeah. But it, I think the heat comes from, the burning comes from heat if there's resistance. Because there are people, okay. they'll be out in, you know, wet ground and stuff that gets struck by lightning and, you know, get knocked out from the energy. But they won't have any degree burns. Yeah, and then other people will mm-hmm. be, you know, roasted if yeah. there's not good contact with the ground remy warren i don't know if you've heard him tell that story he got zapped by lightning when he was a kid oh no yeah and like knocked him knocked him off like his circuits he talks about his brain being weird for a little while his brain is weird (laughs) but was he burned he didn't talk about being burned i knocked him out and like just like blew him back far yeah um but yeah yeah i think the force can you know blow bark off trees and stuff but if there's not resistance it won't it won't burn. That's yeah. funny you said that because me and Phil were really looking at this tree so puzzled. We were like, okay, like it's kind of leaning a weird way. Maybe the structure of it just kind of like, it literally looked like 
just a straight mm-hmm. line, just crack right down the middle. And Caleb has a personal story as well about because, again, I don't want to go way into Caleb's life because he's not here. I'd rather let him talk about whatever he wants to talk about. But he yeah. used to do build a lot of trails in Tennessee. Okay. And he's got a story where they were out trail building and a storm rolled through and they had a lightning strike like pretty much right next to where they were. Holy cow. And he was like, yeah, the tree that it hit did the exact same thing that that tree looks oh, like. Oh, wow. Um, so um, found another area after we moved on from there that looked really good for deer especially. And this spot was close to where we were seeing these next door app and stuff like mm-hmm. that, videos and trail cam pictures of bears in people's backyards. Um, so the thought process there was, well, you know, we can come here and hunt deer and we know the bear moving through here. So there's a good chance a bear will cross through. Um, but at this point the weather was starting to move in cause it always, the weather's, well, I mean that whole weekend, just bad weather followed me, but then always when I'm in Tennessee, it seems like bad weather. Um, and we're still miles from my truck which was going to be the truck that we were going to to get out of there. Yeah. And it's getting close to like 2 o'clock in the afternoon. I still have a four-hour drive to go home after this is over. And I'm like, all right, man, like let's not – we're not hightailing it out of here, but let's start working our way out. Yeah. And so we're doing that. And Caleb has spent some time on this section of public. Um, He's not hunted it a whole lot. There's some reasons why. Um, But he's spent some time out here before. And so we're following this logging trail and he's like, well, we're getting ready to come up on the oak savannas that are out through here. And we get up to him and he's like talking to me about it. He's like, oh yeah, man, they're full of berries. And I'm like, that's where the bears are going to be. <laughs> and, and I think he, he, he had to have known that, that that's where bears are. Um, but we, we get up on this oak savannas and it's just completely full of wild blackberries and blueberries. Mm-hmm. And we're just sitting there eating them. Like, cause we've been on our feet all day. I think we ended up doing like close to nine miles when it was all said and done. And this is, I mean, we're in East Tennessee. I mean, we're not, it's a really weird area cause you very much are in the mountains, but you don't really always feel like it. You'll hit some like really big hills and stuff like that, but then you'll hit one spot and you can just look out and see the mountains everywhere. And Mm. then you're like, oh yeah, we're in the mountains. And it's because this whole area was, I'm probably wrong in my history of this area, but I think this whole area was kind of strip mine more or less. So even though we're in the mountains where we are still relatively flat because Uh, that area had been mined a long time ago. Mm. And, um, so we're sitting here just busting through these oak savannas and we're in all these berries and stuff like that. And we're not, we're going quick because we're trying to get out of there. And then at this point, like the rain started and it's coming down pretty heavy. We're hungry. We're tired, feet hurt. Um, but we both agreed when we finally got to my truck. So we ended up coming up to the, the main road that runs through this WMA and then walk the road back to my truck. And we both agreed. We're like, dude, we have to focus on this area because yeah. we figure when this bear season starts, the bear season's beginning of October. Okay. Um, we have to assume that the bears are still going to be in these oak savannas because there's really no heavy frost at that point yet. A lot of these berries are probably still going to be hanging on. I feel I have to feel like a bear is going to prefer eating berries and stuff like that than someone's bird feeder. Um, there is a river, creek, whatever that runs through this whole WMA, and there, so you have like the oak savannas. 
I'm not actually giving cardinal directions, not because I don't want to, but just it's simpler this way. But like, let's say you're looking at a paper map. The Oak Savannah would be up here at the top, like the north, quote unquote. And then you go south and there's this huge drop that goes down into this creek that runs through there. And it's very heavily wooded. And then there's tons of hard mass in there with acorns and hickory nuts. Hickory nuts are dropping like crazy already out there. Hmm. Um, and they will eat them, but they prefer acorns. Okay. And we've done some other research and we've kind of learned that as soon as the acorns really start coming like the bears will immediately move off of berries and go to acorns and they'll even climb the trees and start getting the acorns before they're dropping huh and so we both agree that next time we get out there hopefully in the next couple weeks i'm going to be able to get down there again and then i think he's doing some scouting without me since he lives 25 minutes away from it whereas i'm four hours right um we both agree that we're going to start at these oak savannas we're going to try to find some game trails leading in and out of these oak savannas that's got to be bear and then go down towards the creek. Because what I'm assuming is they're staying down in the creek during the day, heat of the day. Because cool. bear are fairly nocturnal animals. Um, they're probably staying down, staying cool in that creek during the day and that real thick, nasty stuff, And then, which is very eerily similar to my Colorado hunt. And then mm-hmm. at night, they're probably moving up into these oak savannas and feeding on these berries. Mm. And as, if we, we want to focus on finding acorn flats in that thick part close to the river or the creek. Yeah. So are you guys going to be ground hunting that or are you going to get we're gonna up in a tree? Hunt. Gonna yeah, hunt? We're going to saddle hunt. We're going to saddle hunt and it's archery hunt only too. Oh, um, okay. Yeah. But I mean, we're also deer hunting and our thought process is focus on bear. Um, if we're in areas that bear are in, there's a very high likelihood that we're also going to be in deer because bear are going to be in these areas that hunters and I'm not saying everybody, but most, a lot of these public land hunter people, no offense, it's great. I love that everyone's out there, but we all talk about it all the time. They hunt close to the road. Mm-hmm. And if we can get down in these areas that most people in their right mind aren't going to get into, where the bear are, there's also a very high likelihood that we're going to have a pretty good chance of deer. Yeah. So. Um, so, yeah, I didn't, my gut would be that deer would not be hanging around where the bears are. Like I, it would, it would seem like the bears would like drive deer out of the area. And do they kind of hang out? Like I, I don't know. Don't that they, think of bears being a threat to deer. Black bears aren't. Yeah, they're not. Just no they don't care. I'm yeah. not going to say that a black bear will never be a threat to a deer. It's probably very similar to that of a coyote situation. Or maybe if you go more in areas where there's wolves, like I think a bear may target, especially an older, more mature bear. Someone who knows way more about this is going to roast me and say I'm all wrong. But an older, more mature bear could probably, in some situations, especially if food is starting to become an issue, and maybe go after a fawn or an injured or a sick deer Mm -hmm. or something like that. But there's just – I feel as though there's so few bear that the deer really just don't mind, don't don't think much about them. Interesting. I'm I'm sure that there's competition when it comes to food. Yeah. But – and that might be a reason that a bear may push a deer. Yeah, acorns out is yeah. is for your your food stores and stuff like that. Especially yeah, yeah. these bears are climbing the trees. Right. But then also you got to think, if he's climbing the tree, eating acorns out of the tree, he's probably knocking a lot of stuff down, down on the true. ground, yeah. and a lot of stuff's probably getting left there that the yeah. deer are coming in and cleaning up after the fact. Yeah. Huh. Um. But no, I just I don't. My my experience is anecdotal, but like in Colorado, the spot where I ended up killing my bear in that same exact spot over the course of the four or five days that we hunted it saw elk mule deer moose tons of small game like i just i don't think they really are that worried about each other well there you go so did you set up you set up trail cams nope 
Why not? I mean, I, we just don't. I haven't used choke hams in years. I, I, I don't have anything against them. I just haven't. But wouldn't that just be more, you know, hey, this is where we want, we're thinking of hunting. Yeah, Let's I mean, it, would, camp, see if there's it would be great. It would be nice. I don't, I don't have any. Currently. I feel like you're using next door, like the poor man's yeah. trail cam. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, though. You're going to be, like, messaging people on next door and be like, can you take a oh, picture? <laughs> no, I mean, it's it's <laughs> this might creep some people out, but it's not hard to feel. Like, I mean, hey, they're on social media. They're on next door. That's social media, yeah. however you want to look at it. But then with Onyx, too, I mean, it's not hard. Yeah. You know, I'm making up names here, but John Doe posts on Facebook or on his uh, next door or whatever, had this big bear in our backyard, and then I look property. on Onyx, and I find Doe John. Yeah. Find his prop. Okay, I know exactly where that bear was when this picture was taken. Yeah. Yeah. There's nothing illegal or sketchy no, about that. It's no. just, you know, that's just a using your resources. Yeah. yeah. I imagine, uh, you know, like the Seek One guys, they hunt a lot of, mm-hmm. like, neighborhoods and cities and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I'd be surprised if they aren't caught on to that. Like, the only I'm sure they're probably doing it. The only thing I can think that could be different is I know in the areas that they're hunting, there's a lot of people that are against hunting. Mm. Whereas where we're hunting, pretty much everyone that lives in this area is like pro hunting, right? Which yeah. that's kind of a bigger concern of ours more than anything. Yeah, it's me and Caleb were sitting there going, okay, how many people that live in these houses are coming out their back door and hunting every right. morning? Yeah, and yeah. now we're busting you know, through nasty brush four miles on foot to get into this spot where yeah. this guy wakes up in the morning, drinks his coffee, and walks out his back door. Yep. Yeah. No, I mean, we we run across all kinds of stuff like that out mm-hmm. um, in some of the public. We I like turkey hunting especially. We found so many deer stands and stuff where, like, we think we're, like, way back in there and not really paying attention. And it's like, oh, there's, like, three houses back here, mm-hmm. and they all literally walk 200 yards onto public onto this ridge, and yeah. they've got this, like, great setup. Yeah, because it's like what I was talking about earlier. It's the spot that is very difficult to get into. And yeah. most of these public land hunters are not going to do that. But the dumb ones, will. all these guys <laughs> live in on the houses that touch it and only have to walk, you know, 30 yards down yeah. a hill. Yeah. No, I mean, that is a hundred percent like a consideration that mm-hmm. I think me and Phil especially are taking in to account this year of like looking at some of the spots we were considering going after. It's like, well, there's so much private around here and you know that most of these people bought that property because it butts like it might be an acre, but it butts up against like, you know, thousands of acres of public. And Mm -hmm. it's like they a thousand percent are treating this like it's, you know, their, their property to hunt. So, um, and, and even like looking at roads and stuff this year too, of like, okay, there's like easy road access, like that someone could, okay, there's a saddle here. More than likely someone's going to come. Okay. It's like a half mile, mm-hmm. probably going to be somebody there. Yeah. Um, and even like using that as a tool really, mm-hmm. like if some, if people are going to be getting in there, okay, they're coming in the morning, it might be driving them down this way. Here's another pinch point. That's like more difficult to get to. Yeah. Um, but yeah, dude, we're, I mean, as far as the scouting goes for, um our deer season coming up in indiana like we we did some on that private yesterday um that we had two cell cams set up on um like in obvious open spots because it's like private land and didn't really uh expect any issues but went out there yesterday my camera had stopped taking pictures and i'm like man like i've had issues where if you put the wrong sd card in the camera um like a too nice of one or like too big of a storage or whatever it's just finicky it doesn't send them like as consistently as if you just put in like you buy a tactcam one or like read down to the letter exactly what card to use yeah um for cell cams especially so we had put a new card in and it was working fine and 
um, I saw that the battery was starting to get low, and all of a sudden it just stopped sending pictures. And I was like, ah, oh, man, like it said it was on like 30 or 40%, but I guess it just, you know, misjudged it or whatever, and it dropped off, or mm-hmm. I don't know. And so we go out there yesterday, and sure enough, the cam strap you could see on the tree where someone had like taken a knife, just sliced it right off. The camera was laying like face up on the ground, mm-hmm. and the SD card was out of it. Um, and on like everything else was fine. Like they didn't smash it or do anything like that, but, um, I opened it up and there was like some water in there. So I got to see if it actually still works. Um, but yeah, on private land. Um, and apparently like the, the weird thing about this is I, I went to high school with the dude that owns the property directly next door. So as me and Phil, we had some other things we wanted to check out out there. Um, like there was this pond and stuff in the back corner that we hadn't really scouted around much. And, we messaged him on Facebook just being like, hey, dude, you ever have trespassers come come on your property? Like, we're having issues. Someone cut down our camera or whatever. And he's like, oh, yeah, since I bought the place, I've had trespassers. So you might be telling the truth. It might be <laughs> saying what you say in that situation. I don't know. But maybe at least he knows now. Like, we were we were friends in high school, so maybe he won't cut my cameras down anymore. Maybe he will extra. I don't know. Maybe it's not him. And maybe it's not him. Yeah. Um, but – it is apparently a thing out there, and we've even found stands that um, the property owner that we're hunting was like, nope, that was not stands of people that I had given access to in the past. So, like, trespassers are literally hunting Oh yeah, uh, that I, that property. Real quick little story about that. I have a property that I trap, and it's an old lady who owns this property, and it's mm-hmm. a huge property. And she's given me permission to do a lot more stuff out there besides trapping. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, she, uh, it's like 90-something acres, and... I asked her one day, because I was just kind of walking around on the property, I asked her one day, I said, do you have anybody, like, hunting out here? And she's like, no, no one else is hunting out here. And there's, like, multiple ladder stands on this property that are not, like, old, falling apart, dilapidated, like, ladder stands. These are, that someone has put these up recently. Oh, man. And I just feel bad. I'm like, but she doesn't really get out of the house, so she has no idea. No one else is really watching the property, and it's 90 acres. I mean, it's not hard to go get lost in the back of this place. For sure. You never know that someone's hunting it. Dude, that's crazy. The freaking balls on some people. Like, I could Mm -hmm. never imagine. But some people, like, that's just how they roll. That's like Mm -hmm. their... Their MO is like, we're looking for land that the people aren't, you know, paying attention to or whatever, and mm-hmm. we're going to go trespass and shoot other people's deer. Like, yep. that's sketchy. And they're, uh, and they're the people that would freak out if you were on their property. Right. Um, yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, it's like they don't see the irony of, hey, yeah. you know how, like, you yell at people when they turn around in your driveway? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, yeah. imagine someone firing guns on yeah. your property and killing your wildlife. Yeah, well, I mean, it is, like, there are a lot of fights that happen like that every year. Like, uh, even on public. Um, I was talking to a game warden not long ago, uh, or former game warden. He was talking about this specific area of public. Um, that I'm going to go hunt for sure. Uh, there's a lot of big deer there, but he was like, be smart. And you like, were showing me this. Yeah. Yeah. I remember there's a, there's actually a lot of private around yep. it. And he's like, though, all of those people hunt this like bull area. Mm-hmm. And he's like, every year I'm getting multiple calls of people being like, so-and-so's in my spot. And I'm like, sir, <laughs> this is public land. Yeah, it's, it's not your spot. Like, but they don't treat it like that. So it might get hairy this year, but That's I've heard there are several 185-inch glass uh, deer out there, so uh, yep. it's happens. worth it. <laughs> it happens out west on a much larger scale, too. But. Yeah. Well, I'm starting to get an itch 
for archery. They make a cream. Oh, <laughs> oh sorry. For no, archery. That's, not, not for archery. <laughs> that's that's what you call the tent itch that you guys all shared. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that but one. no, we loaded that new Adapt Plus Bear. Oh yeah. Adapt mm-hmm. Plus yeah. bow. We loaded a lot of stuff. We did. We lo- loaded a lot. Of, uh, I don't know if we want a little soft plug for that, real quick. Yeah, we loaded. Yeah. I think three thousand new products, mostly in shooting, yeah. firearms, Hunt shooting optics. accessories, optics. A lot of like blinds. Yeah, we're doing. Uh, Stand, uh, got our Athlon reward going on right now. Yeah, that's awesome. But yeah, the, I mean, there's more coming. The bear, Lots adapt plus bow. Mm-hmm. What's the deal with it? Why? What, what, what's the? Hard. It's just got everything, you know, it's a ready-to-hunt package with... Um, it's like an upgraded RTH? Yeah, it's it's a, well, it's not their top-of-the-line RTH, but it's the Hunting Public co-branded oh, yeah, yeah. version, and it's the second generation of it, so they did the Hunting Public version of the Adapt, and yeah. then I think they made a few tweaks. I think the first one just had one, one pin site and this one has a three pin and you can adjust one oh, of the pins a, yeah, to yeah, slider you know, yeah. slider so for me starting out it's a good just like yeah give, give me everything i yeah. need yeah mm-hmm. get out there and did you get one no i gotta ask bank of amanda uh, bank of amanda, <laughs> bank of amanda. <laughs> which takes uh <laughs> what's her number takes <laughs> a, a little bit of uh yeah, slow roll that a little bit what's yeah. the interest rates it's <laughs> 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 a lot it's a lot of well building a lot of showers Drilling holes in your ceiling and <laughs> yes. roof. And it is, uh, um, we just, kind of, we're not finished with the shower yet, but we got to the point where the master shower, for those of you that haven't been following podcasts, most of my weekends for the last. I say, it wouldn't be a podcast with Dan. If two or three months have been shower. building a shower, and we got to the point where we took our first shower in it this weekend. So that buys me some goodwill yeah. before the next project, which yeah. I think is building a hall tree. Um, what is that? It's like a coat rack, but oh. it's like built in. You know, like how like new homes, like you go into the mud room and there's like cabinetry yeah, with yeah, a bench yeah, yeah, and yeah. stuff. Yeah. A whole tree's like that, but it's a standalone. It's like a fancy coat rack. Just buy it at IKEA and save yourself some time. <laughs> well, it's going to be all custom. It's going to have. It's going to hold all of our security system and router yeah. and stuff, and all then right. we'll probably be like hidden gun compartments. And Ooh, whatnot. yeah, cool. make it nice. But anyways, so now that I have that goodwill from doing that i was like hey baby may i buy a bow baby? i know baby. i have not hey baby but no so because do you rifle hunt deer season you don't um i took it out a couple times last year but i pretty much i took my bow with me 95% of the time. My yeah. rifle hunt experience was just so, I felt so restricted both in, you know, because I'm, I've only got public and rifle hunting public is half of the property, you know, available, any property. You can less pretty of much the archery. season. Yeah, less of the season, later in the season. Archery, especially here mm-hmm. in Kentucky, Indiana, like just regionally here just opens up so much more opportunity. Especially for you guys. You got velvet. Oh yeah, I mean y'all we get have to hunt. I don't get to hunt until October. We have you such get a long archery season. Yeah. Uh, me and Jacob a little teaser, although it will probably be out before this comes out. Me and Jacob did a little episode with the O2 guys talking mm-hmm. about Kentucky. Yeah. Um and just how long our archery season is here. And then I'm going to be doing quite a bit of hunting in Tennessee this year, obviously. Yeah. And I'm looking at their regs, and I'm like, wow, like we have it 
really good here when it comes yeah. to archery. Yeah. Um, but yeah, me and Braden are shooting bows today. Today, I, know, so I want to get into it, and uh, if I'm gonna do it this season, I guess buy something and start practicing with it, and yeah. you know, getting used to it now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you have a saddle set up? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. You gotta, you gotta get a bow. I know. Yeah, it's just even with our go wild employee discount, it's a lot of money to get into. <laughs> yeah. To any. It's not too bad. <laughs> Compared to other stuff. You spend a lot more money on other stuff, Dan. Yeah, how much don't tell us how much you spent on that shower. <laughs> it's a lot of bows. <laughs> eight, eight, eight grand, I think. Oh, yeah. So many bows. Eight grand. But it was, it was a really nice shower. Yeah, yeah. Or you can yeah. get a really nice entry level bow. Yeah. They're yeah, not no, it's exclusive. It's priorities, man. Yeah. No, it's um I'm I'm really excited for archery season this year. Um, especially we got we're hunting over soy over at that private farm for the first time. It was corn last year. Um, so we're gonna be obviously early season. They're gonna be harvesting it like probably around early October, I would guess. And so we're trying to get it and they're harvesting while it's green. So we're trying to get out there mm-hmm. early in the year and allegedly you're gonna to want to hunt it in the evening during that time of year is what I've heard. Um, for it's got me thinking gooses. We should talk about that also. Yeah. I got a group of guys that are wanting to goose hunt okay. um, coming up here soon in Indiana. So uh, I know you're the local veteran on that. So Kentucky maybe. did make some waterfowl changes this year. Like good ones or bad ones? Uh, good, in my opinion. Uh, I don't. Uh, b- the biggest being the early goose season here. They've essentially made it to where if you have property in the two zones that they've now established that you can hunt, you can basically early goose hunt the whole month of September. Mm. Are all birds that you can hunt technically waterfowl? Turkey. Turkey's not waterfowl. Oh, that's good. Turkey. That's a good example. I was thinking like sand hill crane. Is that technically waterfowl? Pretty sure that it's technically considered waterfowl. Because when I think of geese, I think of them being on land i, I would i've killed uh, i'm not a, a great goose hunter but i've killed more goose over water than land mm. especially with this early season i mean it most of your crop that they're going to be feeding on still standing mm. in september so a lot of your early goose hunting is done over water I, mm. guys do have really good success hunting them over land depending on the situation but and that's kind of what I'm excited about with this whole extension of early goose season. What, what Kentucky's done is they've basically split the state east to west with early goose and broke it into eastern and a western zone. Yeah. And the western zone opens, I believe, September 1st. Okay. And runs till September 14th. Yeah. And then the western zone opens September 15th and runs until the end of September. And you're right there in the middle. And we're right on that line. <laughs> so that line just... starts in Hardin County, I think. Oh, dude. Nice. And so, and I have property that i can hunt in hardin county for goose nice so that will be the first to the 14th and then most of my other properties are in what they're calling the eastern zone yeah so then that will be the 15th to the 30th or whatever yeah so that one property with the soy has a pond out like big pond out front like in the sound of all this like it'll be surrounded by soy so is it close to the river no sir okay well that's not a make or break but but it does help um especially with migratory birds but yeah, so we should definitely talk about that. And yeah. then some other guys have some other access. We can see if we can shoot some gooses. And then squirrel comes in three weeks, I think, in Indiana. Uh, it's like August. Something. Yeah, sounds right. Mid-August. I don't know when it comes in here, but 
It's so. fun, but I couldn't tell you the last time I've actually gone squirrel hunting. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, it's fun. It's like a trip down memory lane. It's like I used to do this a lot as a kid, but now it's just kind of, you all know me. I don't want to be out in August, personally. Yeah. I will yeah. if I have to. I'll, I'd rather be fishing, yeah. you know, in water, staying cool. But Are you camping out for your bear hunt in Tennessee? We haven't really discussed those logistics yet. Um, if Caleb wants to and if it looks like it makes a lot of sense for us to, then we – easily will yeah. but he He's lives so yeah. he lives 20 25 minutes away from where we're going to be hunting my dad lives 20 25 minutes in the other direction away from where we're going to be hunting so i mean 20 minute drive to go sleep in a bed or camp and save you know maybe a half hour of sleep in the morning not worth it yeah it's so, <laughs> like i said we haven't really discussed that yet um i'm sure that will be more as the season gets closer, what we're going to do, figure all those plans out. Right now, it's just focusing on finding the bears. Yeah, you're going to have to do some planning here. you got a lot of seasons kind of all smashing together in this early, like, September, October time frame. It's for – it's always oh, – September, man, starts the crazy season for me. Yeah. And that's when your early goose starts. We have the early wood duck season here. Oh, you're going to duck hunt too. Oh, yeah, I always do. Um, And then we – Archery does start here also for deer in September. I usually don't get out much in September. How dare you? Um, I might this year, though, just in anticipation for that bear hunt, just kind of getting yeah, yeah. into the motion a little earlier, getting up in the saddle and everything like that. It'd and, feel real good going down there in October knowing you've already shot a buck in Kentucky. Well, not even that. Just that, I mean, we 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 do it a whole lot for a month or two, and then we don't do it again. Yeah, and so always those first few hunts back is just like okay, I got to remember how to do all this. Again. Yeah, that's it's true. easy, but it's just like just getting back into the routine. The little things. Yeah. So I might do some archery hunting here in September, and then also like at our property, my one of my besides the heat, one of my biggest problems with hunting in September is just the, the tree canopy is just still so thick. Yeah. But we have quite a few areas on our farm that have been logged. Nice. Recently. Nice. So I'm thinking September. Yep. The canopy is going to be less in these areas. Yeah. Plus, you know, fresher cuts are good areas to hunt. Like, mm -hmm. get out there, get up in the saddle a few times in September, and then that way going into this bear hunt in October, like, I'll already be ready to go. Yep. Cool. Well, we should probably wrap her up. Lots of fun ahead, friends. The podcasts are going to get very hunting-oriented, mm -hmm. I imagine, here in a hurry. So stick with us. Make sure you log this uh, show and go wild. Um, and come see us next week. Yep. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Bye.